<laughs> the last warm day we're probably going to have in forever. Yeah. It is really nice out. It's really nice out. Um, so, yeah, here we are. Again, episode nine? Nine. Yeah, nine. Nine. Yeah. Nine. nine. Yeah, enjoying uh, probably one of the last really nice days of... Well, technically, it, it is fall, because the fall equinox is on the 22nd. Yeah. Did you make your sacrifice yet? Uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to sacrifice. Mm. Maybe maybe my love of Battletech. Oh, oh, shots fired. You know, speaking of that, I actually sold some of my books. Really? Kinda had to, yeah, because of the my income getting cut in half. Ooh. Yeah. What did you sell? Uh, <laughs> I parted ways with the books I probably hated the most in my collection, the Total Warfare ones. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of gets into a whole bunch of stuff. I think... Maybe we should start with the Total Warfare stuff. Might be a good idea. I, I, I mean, maybe I, I segued a little too early, didn't I? <laughs> may, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. So one of the things we want to talk about today on the podcast is there was a thread that started on the, the main Battletech forum about trying to get new material or supporting material for new players, which I think is really important. Um, but one of the topics that did come up was this sort of the rules encyclopedia that have come out, you know, starting with Total Warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, it's been, like, what, 10, 13 years to do the whole series? It, it, it took them a long time. A very long time. And I even remember when they started doing it, there was a lot of flack about it, too. Um, I, they, they well, demoed... I remember a certain excitement, but... I think it depends on well, what circles it, you were in. I I think I think maybe it was the excitement that we were actually getting a new rule book because how long did we have Battletech Master rules before Total Warfare? Yeah, I mean before that, so there was Battle uh, there was Battletech, Battletech Manual. There was well, yeah, it was sort of like the rules of warfare, and then there was Compendium Volume One, yeah. Compendium, the second Compendium, which was a hardcover release, and I have. Yeah, that one's really nice. And then there was the Battletech Master Rules. Master well, let, me, let, me, let me backtrack a little bit. With the Compendium, there was the Tactical Handbook, right? Which yeah. had the Advanced Rules. That was which later basically turned into um, was it Maximum Tech? Yeah, yeah. So then, so the, one of the nice things about the Tactical Handbook was that it had. Uh, the rules for combat value calculation, which was one of the, the first ways to really balance things outside of either sea bills or tonnage, which mm-hmm. you know were really arbitrary. Um, and then it had the Battletech Master rules, and then with that, shortly after came Maximum Tech, which sort of you know was a advanced rule set for that. And then, yeah, then it was Total Warfare. Yeah, and I think that was. We could probably look this up later. I'm probably wrong, but wasn't it maybe like a decade? Maybe almost a decade before they got to Total Warfare? I think it was a bit of time. I mean, I. Because I, I know they did a revised version when um, WizKids took over, because I do yeah. actually have that copy. But that I think that was at the beginning of uh, Dark Age. Yeah. When they yeah. put that out. <sighs> I. Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, I don't, I don't want to say that the Total Warfare series was, you know, a failure because I don't think that's the case. But I, I do feel 
I think it did more harm than good in a lot of respects. Um, yeah, it... So, it, I was kind of getting into this before we kind of went over the history of the books themselves, like the order they came out. But I, I sort of remember there were two classes of Battletech fans at that time. And, you, you know, you and I probably were in a different class. I preferred the straightforward, to the point, uh, Master Rules format. Everything was in there. That's mm-hmm. all you needed to play the game. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it wasn't intimidating. You know, right. it was, I mean, compared to, like, most Dungeons & Dragons manuals and stuff that were put out at the time, I mean, it was about the same size or shorter, mm-hmm. you know, compared to that. And then you had the other group, which preferred something like Total Warfare, where they just wanted to bring certain rules in a certain format to where it was easier to uh, look them up while they are playing. So it basically took what the master rules were and chopped it up, you know, put all movement in the one spot, all combat in the one spot, you know, something like that. And then aerospace got like their own section, but they always kind of did. Um, so it, it kind of, this is where like the second group came in. They wanted that and that's what they got, but I always felt like it was a mess, which yeah. could also be because there was never an index for it until I think recently did they do that. Yeah, I think I think Total Warfare had an index. I know it's the Tac Ops had an index. So the, the way the way the Total Warfare series was laid out was that there's Total Warfare, which is the core game, max vehicles, infantry, ground combat. I think there might be some rules on aerospace. Oh yeah, it's, it's maybe, all maybe in there. it's all in there. All yeah. in there. Aerotech's in there. But then I mean you you get sort of the rules that you're used to that you want to play with, but they they've been shoved into different books. And so in the the, the main rule books, especially like BMR and the compendium, you know, the rules for construction were always included in the back of the rule books. And then they split it up into tech manual. And then afterwards came tactical operations, which was more Advanced rules and equipment, but I mean, it also felt like they kind of rehashed the same fucking things from the tech manual. And I think this is the problem: is that I feel like they repeat a lot of the things, the same things in different places. So you have the tactical operations, and you have strategic operations, which was much more like Battle Force, wasn't it? It was that. Included? Yeah, which you know, a little history lesson here too. That's where Alpha Strike came from, because they had the uh, I, I forgot what it was at the time. Um, I, I I don't remember the name, but it, yeah. it had its own name, and it was basically a a quick mod of uh, Battle Force Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you had finally, finally, this was the one, the one book they couldn't get released. They finally got it done to close it out. Was Interstellar Operations, which is more like taking the grander scale of the game. Even like uh, the Succession Wars strategy game, mm-hmm. um, and using that along with a bunch of information on technology when tech became available and extinct again, which also seemed like a total rehash of everything that was in Tech Manual. So that, that's kind of frustrating is that you're buying books that seem to be repeating information or have information split up in a bunch of different locations. But then, then <laughs> everything was supposed to be in Interstellar Ops. Couldn't fit in interstellar operations, which so is a big book. 
<laughs> then they split it up into campaign operations, which came out shortly after. Um, I kept that one. Yeah, that one actually has some really good stuff in it. Um, but it, it does kind of fall into that that issue of those books, especially Total Warfare, is very much a product of the early 2000s um, in its presentation and in its style. Um, it's hardcover. Plus, should you know, it should be hardcover, mm-hmm. but it's full color, which is very nice. It's glossy paper, again, very nice, but it does increase costs. And then every section has fiction at the start of it, which is okay. But you know, at this point, it's like, have I read any of that? I haven't. I don't honestly. think I really read any much. I've I've read a couple stories, but really not that many. Um, because the other issue is, of course. They are written for, you know, at the time, you know, around the Jihad era. So a lot of the stories focus on the sort of the Jihad era, except for interstellar operations, which it seems to kind of travel through time. Uh, But yeah, you've got a lot of extra pages dedicated to fiction. You've got a lot of art. And then you've got a lot of explanations for like every rule has paragraphs explaining how these things work which seems redundant yeah yeah it seems a bit over the top and it seems you know i i look at at the rule books that came with the box set right i mean even the city tech box set which had the vehicle and infantry rules in there it's funny because even if you put those two on top of each other it's still not as thick as the master rules book right and they still lost, like, lambs. And, yeah, and it's like, those two books alone, if I was to walk in with, like, with the way we play, if I just had those two books, City Tech and The Beginner, what we'd be set. We would. That's all you would need, and it's just two books. Yeah, we would be. We would be. Um, and, I, and I get some of it, you know, part of the problem, say, with Tech Manual and the construction rules. I do, I, I, I get that. Because someone could say, hey, look, you know, there's a lot more uh, vehicle types. There's a lot even more battle mech types. Um, there's a whole hell of a lot of more equipment. And they've only introduced more equipment uh, in the in the time frame between when Total Warfare came out and where we are now. Um, and so when it, I, I do get why maybe you would want a whole separate book. But... Oh man, I don't know. It's just it's a lot and I I'm a sucker with maybe more money than I I should have. But then again, I don't have the responsibilities of a child. Yeah. Yeah. Or a wife. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Who buys a lot of makeup. Good thing she never listens to this, does she? And um the one cat you pawned off on me. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the yeah. others you're trying to pawn off on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm willing to buy the new versions, the new editions that are coming out of these rules, but it also feels, especially with the way they're laid out, you can never find what you fucking need. You we, know? And you know what? It's funny. We've experienced this. Yeah, yeah. You're we doing, are even doing one-off games. You're looking for a rule, and you just cannot like, find the Weren't we doing thing. it? It was, uh, We I think we talked about this on the podcast. We were talking about cluster hits. Yeah. You know, it still took you a little bit just to find that the the rules were for, like, aiming above. And aiming below. Yeah, yeah. Aiming above it, and below. It was not in 
I think it was in Tech Ops. You know, it wasn't even in the the main rule book. And that, I mean, that's been, I think, in, I mean, that's been around since. Maybe not in that like specific format, but it has yeah. been around. And it does definitely feel like the charts. I know that they're. I know that they're kind of laid out so that everything's sort of you know movements on one page and attacking's on one page and stuff. But somehow, somehow, some way, and I, I, there's a certain quality. It's, it's really hard to describe. Until you've been using it, it just, it just seems like you can never find what you want. See, it's like we can get back into the argument of how complicated Battletech is and how people complain about the charts. So yeah. it's like if you really want to look at it, what are you actually complaining about? The fact that you have to look at a chart or the fact that you can't freaking find it yeah. because there's like what, 10 to 15 pages of charts in the yeah. back of the main rule book yeah. that you yeah. don't even need all of them to right. play like a stand up game. Right, right. <laughs> So it's like, what what are you actually complaining about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like yeah. the missile the missile hit chart, how long that thing is well, now? It's definitely ballooned. So again, <laughs> for those of you who are not familiar with it, I mean, I mean, if if you've picked up the, you know, the latest edition of the board game, I'm sure in that one it's it's much more like the old school one. You know, it used to oh, be yeah. you had you know basically the missiles that you use, right? You had the the twos, the fives, you know, two, four, five, six. 10, 15, 20. That's it. And that covered you. Um, but then especially with uh, Protomax, I think that's when they really started introducing the odd number of tubes, the ATMs, and mm-hmm. the MMLs, and then even the MRMs, right? I mean, you're starting to get this ballooning of the chart, and it, man, I mean, I get it, right? Because there's units that use those things, but... Yeah, and then what ballooned it too was everything in Total Warfare was presented as if it was, if you were walking into a BattleTech tournament, that is your base technology, and that's a lot to look at. It is. It is. It really is. Um, but it, what this comes down to is that that thread we were going to get into, where they're talking about how you actually support new players. Right, and there are definitely two. Two. Well, there there weren't really two viewpoints. It was the holistic viewpoint that everyone was pretty much in agreement with. Mm-hmm. And then the one dude who was like, no, it should be this way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably one of those, too. <laughs> well, no, no. I, I, so, essentially, and, and and this guy is right. I mean, he, he is, in a sense, he is right. Oh, he, I, yeah, absolutely. He's very, he's, what he wants is very valid. But also what he wants is not not matching reality and cannot possibly match reality regardless of COVID currently affecting us all in what is now well, September 2020 or not. Not even with that, just the reality of like how Battletech is actually presented right now too. Mm. With the amount of eras you have to go through and the amount of technology that is out there. Um, I mean, what? We're getting more designs now yeah, for yeah, the Dark Age. With, with, with and the there's already, plan. what, over... What was the count? Is it? It's like somewhere 600 over. or something. It's a lot. There's like there's a, you know, a couple hundred unique chassis, and then all the variants. Mm-hmm. Um, there are even variants I didn't even know about. Yeah, you know, with the with the oh, they pop up on the MUL, and you're like, what the heck's that thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, because like every single book has to what, have like some design in what's it. What's funny with the TRO Succession War that came out, which I I, I think really in in looking at it was. Not great because again you, you ran into that same thing of 
You know, it didn't include the classics based on the Macross, Macross designs. Mm-hmm. So again, you still have a, a gap. And then it it was organized terribly. Like even the record sheets are organized as a as a mess. And I think yeah. what I find annoying is that you know in general in the in the actual body of the book, it makes sense to me that mm-hmm. you have designs listed you know, organized by tonnage first and then alphabetical order, you know, so you can kind of flip through it front to back. That is how it was presented. I still actually have the original. uh, I mean, I don't have the cover for it anymore because I destroyed it, but the 3025 record sheets. Yeah. And that's how it was presented. And that makes sense to me. But in the table of contents, the front, it's the same. So if you want to look up the Zeus... Mm-hmm. you've got to kind of ballpark it towards the bottom of the list and then by tonnage. It's not actually the bottom of the list. The bottom of the list is like the Thunderhawk or something. Yeah. Right? Because that's 100 tons. You know, if you want to look up the Phoenix Hawk, you know, you're not going to be in the letter P's. You're going to be sort of in the middle of everything and then trying to find it based on 45 tons and then the Phoenix Hawk. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make sense to me that the table of contents should be listed... Not alphabetically. Yeah, they did it, you know, numerically followed by alphabetically. Yeah. And so it's, it's, I mean, thankfully with the PDF, you're able to kind of click on the, the name and the table of contents and go yeah. right to it. Thankfully it's indexed that way. See, we played enough where we know, okay, I'm looking for a Phoenix Hawk, it's 45 tons, and then we can figure it out. But new players can't do that because they don't Right, know. right. And so that seemed like a really, <sighs> seemed very obtuse. It didn't seem like the best way to outline that. And again, you know, again, you know, looking for resources for new players, right? I mean, if you're looking for a specific record sheet, it is a mess to find that goddamn thing. It is an absolute mess. Yeah. And I get wanting to charge for it because it takes a long time for a layout to produce a record sheet. So we do it manually. It does take them a lot of time to do it. But it is a real freaking pain. I remember wanting to find the updated record sheets for the Marauder and, you know, trying to find like the 3050 mad five D. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not in any of the, the, it's not in anywhere what you want it to be. You know, I think, I think the 3039 record sheets, the unabridged, you know, have the, the classics in it, but then to get the, everything beyond that, you've got a, it's not in the 3050, you know, star league. There it goes. Yeah, There it goes. I'm going to try and, <laughs> noise cancel that what what time are we at so i can try and see if i can well whatever i'll find it we'll um, figure it out but yeah if you want to find the record sheets from marauder 5d it's not in the 3050 record sheets which is also frustrating because i split that up too i mean you've got the inner sphere in one volume and you have the clan and star league in another volume well what why yeah but then you have to go to what is it like the thirty eighty five like old is a new new or something record sheets. Oh yeah, <laughs> there there's just there's so many different names, but in all honesty, they should really stop caring about charging for record sheets. And the only reason I say that is because there are so many and. So many ways, and I'm yeah. using quotations there, ways 
to get them, i.e. Megamech, Megamech Lab, Solaris Skunk Works, which are, you know, good software. But what they really should do is just throw them on the master unit list and be done. Yeah. Like, they have all the Alpha Strike cards, you know, everything organized by Arrow. The master unit list has so much potential. To, to, yeah, to really be a good game aid. Yeah, yeah. And they advertise it like that. Well, and, you know, it's, it's one of those <laughs> things that's weird, too, is you look at, say, like, Pathfinder. Uh, I believe a lot of that stuff for Pathfinder, especially, like, the, the, the main rule set, I think it's up there for free on Paizo's website. Um, and again, not saying that, that CGL should do that. I don't know. It's just... it. So, we had, we had one... Forum poster who is a commando. And so, for those of you who don't know, you know, commandos are individuals that run events to try and promote the game at game stores. And just to reiterate, we're not trash talking anybody. That is not the whole point of this. Right, right. We're just we're talking about the discussion that we had. There was yeah. no intent of like you know getting under someone's skin or anything like yeah. that. But you know, for this commando, I mean, his idea of what BattleTech should be striving for for new players is that there should be a code, I mean, not necessarily rules, but like a code that lays out what a standard force is that you bring to a table. And it's sort of universal because in a sense, the idea is that the current way of evalu- evaluating units, which is called battle value version two. So battle value or BV two is good enough that you could be in a sense, tech agnostic and faction agnostic. And you can just cobble together whatever you want and bring it to a fight. Which does sound very familiar. I mean, it sounds like when you know, people would play Warhammer or Warhammer 40K, mm-hmm. when, I mean, even magic, right? You bring your magic deck, right? And you've got your cards, and that's the way you roll. Yeah. Um, and you can play with anybody, you just show up. And you just you just you throw some dice and you're you're good to go. And I think that's great in conception. It also presupposes that BattleTech is a lot more popular than it is. It's got a lot more adoption than it currently has. And that, its presentation is that of a war game and yeah. not as a historical game that it is. Yeah, like historical a historical board game. game. It also assumes that there are places to actually play. And I don't think that's the case anymore at all. I mean, I think there's not a lot of places. Well, I mean, it, you had more of an experience than I did, but even I noticed when we used to go to leisure hours and a lot of hobby stores out here, that sort of thing existed. You could walk in and you could see people playing games. Now, leisure hours is still here, but all those other stores are gone. Yeah. Leisure hours is now just like remote control cars only. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think the Games Workshop has their their store. You know, over like we, on the highway that used to, it's you know near us. Yeah, like in order for us to get a BattleTech game in, we would have to drive up the Arlington Heights. Mm. I think um, uh, Mad Capellan runs the game up there, which I it, which yeah. was it, it was a Grey Wolf actual. It, one of them, it might have yeah. been Grey Wolf or Mad Capellan. I don't remember to hold me to it, um, but I heard that the games over there are good. Yeah, but you know, again, from Joliet, that's a hike for us. That that, that is, and the, the other problem too is. And it's sort of one of those realities. It's on a Saturday, and you know, I I work you know, most Saturdays, yeah. and it's yeah, it's a downer. And I I have to go out on some Saturdays too. Yeah, 
And it, yeah, I, I, it also kind of doesn't factor in that I think the vast majority of us who played Battletech are either self-taught or had someone teach us, which I think is another problem because there's just, it's not like it was in the 80s. There's not the community there that there used to be. Yeah. And it would be great if that turned around. But again, that, that also assumes that, you know, post-pandemic, um, there are going to be these locations that are available. Um, but, I, I mean, there's... Oh, my God. I mean, come on, guys, for fuck's sake. I mean, we've, we've, we've played with those people. You know, I remember being at Challenge Games. Half those guys can't even shower. I'm going to expect them to wear masks and wash their goddamn hands <laughs> during COVID. I'm not going to freaking play with anybody. I feel like I need some kind of like soundboard thing right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I mean, it, what what that commando wants, I think, is is a great idea because what, what's one of the best ways to play the game? Well, we'll learn to play the game is is to actually play the game to make the mistakes to to look at someone else and watch them to learn. Now, a game that does that correctly, which is a game I'm, I think the guy actually likes a lot or was behind. Alpha Strike. You can do that with Alpha Strike. Strike yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Alpha Strike is fairly balanced. When yeah. It, and tech agnostic. Because well, all you're really doing is just throwing numbers out. Right, right. I, I think, you know, one, one of the... One of the things that I think about, you know, with that... Here, Adam goes again, you know, bringing <laughs> up fighting games. You know, if you want to learn a new fighting game, or you want to learn a new character in a fighting game, you know, what's one of the things you should do, right? You know, what's one of the simple things you can learn is, okay, how does this move work? And, you know, what is its frame data? You know, is this move punishable? Is it safe on block? Is it safe on whiff? Is How easy is it to punish? What can I punish it with? And sometimes it's just a matter of experimenting. You know, you, you, you block a move and you just you decide, I'm going to throw out the fastest light move I've got. And am I still on block stun? Is it, you know, a block string? Is it, um, is this move punishable? Can I sneak in there um, and do something about it? Can I interrupt it? And sometimes it's just experimenting and, and you, 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 know, you mm-hmm. get your ass kicked. And if you're lucky, you know, there's going to be information out there. There's going to be a community that can help you. And it's good. You know, someone's going to hopefully put up all the frame data so you know. So if you keep getting owned by something, you can go to the spreadsheet. You can look it up and say, oh, you know, actually that's, that is safe on block. I have to hold that pressure, or it's it's negative seven. I can I can punish that with a light or a, an invincible reversible dragon or punch. RTS version. If you're playing a new Command and Conquer right now, like I am, yeah. you just make a bunch of light tanks and play a light. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what he's talking about. No, and it's just like I have no idea what he's talking about either. Yeah. <laughs> But, it's but you know what it yeah. what it kind of does is it makes me think of because right right now what what do we have in BattleTech we have the core rule books that they reprinted with the cool covers uh, the classic covers and we have the box that's coming out but as far as support for it back then you had scenario books you can grab and you yeah. had um, one that I have and a lot of people I don't know do you have it first strike. I do. That was, I think, that was the first book that actually showed you, like... The, the ro- rolls. The rolls of, yeah. yeah, the mechs in the 4th edition box set. Yeah. Which, a new player going in and reading that, 
that's a lot of information because you could be like, okay, well, that's what I'm going to use a quick draw for. Yeah. That's what I'm going to use a Jaeger mech for. If, you know, you're looking at the Jaeger mech from a power gaming perspective without the context of, like, the universe. Like, well, why would they do that? But then in the in the box set, it's like, well, this is how, or in that book, it's like, this is how you use it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's scenarios the you know, push that knowledge. It'll help you learn it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think one of the things that was brought up, actually was brought, brought up a couple times on, on, that, on that thread, was the idea of kind of a guide to help people learn the meta of the game. Like what's the point of certain things? How ranges work? And even, even like sort of order, order of operations and, you know, fire resolution. Um, you know, why you should go from your largest weapon to your smallest weapon yeah. to try and maximize critical why hits. You, why you should, yeah, why you should save your uh, SRMs yeah. as your last thing to hit, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it is important for people to understand why, you know, what, what are the roles of different weapons and how they work. Um, and I think that's one of the things that was brought up was there's not really a guide to help players understand that kind of stuff. And granted, it's all there. It's all there in the charts, right? I mean, you know, why you know certain movement profiles are advantageous to, compared to others, but but as a new player getting into Command and Conquer, I'm not gonna real I'm not gonna realize that tanks can just run over all of my infantry and I'm done. <laughs> Which you know, in BattleTech, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're I think in the first place that was uh, the Dune games. The Dune, yep, they sure yeah. did. I was watching a video on that. <laughs> Someone was going through and playing it. Oh man, those are those are the days. But I suppose that is one of those things is that there's not the material out there to help guide a player, especially if if they're if they're noobs. You know, it's it's if there's not the information to help them learn how to do things. Um, yeah, you don't have a veteran player to walk you through it. And it, it'd be nice to see, like what that book did. When they talk about meta, they're not talking about MechWarrior Online spamming a bunch of weapons meta like they're talking about how to use the designs in the universe yeah that they give to you like the meta of that yeah Yeah. which is you know historical wargaming in a nutshell well and one of the things i brought up and it was frustrating because one of the posters seemed to not understand the greater point i was raising with that but i think one of the one of the other one of my issues with with battletech especially when it comes to support for new players is that you? Know, what is the next thing you do after you you kind of played the the box set into the ground? Um, and I mean, I I've grown to really like the old scenario books. I do think that sort of right in the, sort of the 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 middle ground for Fossa in the the mid to late nineties, the scenarios got a little too big. You know, you're you're fielding like companies against companies and it was just it was just a bit too much um which would translate nicely to alpha strike these days right right um but a lot of a lot of those earlier ones i think what's nice about them is that you know maybe you have a a large force deployed maybe you don't but you've got sort of objectives besides last man standing Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's really important to help you know players uh along it is great for someone who wants to run a game for his friends that he doesn't have to worry about is the force balanced or not? Because in general, you know, you might have an outnumbered force, but maybe their objective is different than just simply, you know, defeat the enemy, right? Um, yeah. 
And Chaos Campaign really doesn't do a good job of that. I because it, it assumes. My head around that. Yeah, I, I still can't either. I try and read it, and then my brain just shuts off. Yeah, it's it's too much of a sandbox. Yeah. You know, which goes into the point of trying to basically marginalize, make everything tech agnostic and present all of it. You're basically getting that format. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's too much to look at and too much to consider. When I, Maybe it's just because we're in a, you know, a different age group of war gamers. Yeah. You know, I, I do like doing that. Don't get me wrong. But I like doing that after I understand how to use everything, which is yeah. what scenarios do. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, it was the same thing with the, the rule books. Is that you know, the scenarios would introduce more and more mechanics as you went on through them, mm-hmm. and, and you know, maybe it was what was it like four scenarios, and then the, the first couple rule. Wait, books even and... the the clan books did that in Turkayad. You know, if you're running, um, was it Steel Viper and Devil's Bath? Like they're presenting special terrain rules you know that throws a wrench into the game like it's not just a slugfest you know you're also battling the elements yeah you know and a lot of scenarios considered that um you know it, it'd be nice to see that again it would some kind of format would. like that well I, one of the things that you know we're talking about scenario books and we're talking about you know getting access to the rules i think one of the things that's really frustrating is that you know they they, they put out total warfare right but you know, Total Warfare is not enough to play the game. Even with proxies, it's not enough to play the game because you can't get access to everything else. And mm-hmm. my comparison was to say, like, historical wargaming. Right? It, it, you know, the, the problem with historical wargaming is that you had to work to be able to play a game because you had to track down the miniatures, you had to track down the historical documents, you had to track down the rules. You had to learn how to build a force. You had to learn how to paint the fucking miniatures and what equipment they use. And it's sort of the same thing with Battletech, right? You know, you could use proxies, although miniatures are preferable, right? They're nice. But you can use proxies. Okay, great. You can use proxies. Now you got to find the rules. you got to find the maps. you got to find the record sheets. And nothing is just presented, and you can't even just get it new. Yeah, you can get a, you can get a PDF now on the Catalyst store. But you have to go to a printer to print it out. Well, in the Total Warfare era, when it started, you couldn't even get anything with it. It was just right. like that rule book was on the shelf, and it was like, good luck, everyone. Go on yeah. eBay and try and find that box set now. Yeah, you could you <laughs> could get a box set. You couldn't get maps. You know, I mean, it was... It was... And maps are like the biggest thing for Battletech, at least right. at that time. Yeah, Because yeah. miniatures really became a thing, in my opinion, when Alpha Strike came out and it pushed it. Well, you know, at the same time, man, like... Yeah, I mean, they're releasing new maps. You got these really fancy neoprene sets that you can unroll, but if you just want the sheets, you can't even get the packs that you used to be able to get in the 90s and 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get a whole, you used to be able to get a whole bunch of maps for not too much money, and you can't even do that now. And I know they're working on it. I know they're, they're planning on doing stuff with it, but man, it's a real pain. Yeah, what I, what I really hope happens. And I, I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, Ray and all of them are going to be listening to this podcast. Oh, totally. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Ray did. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the other thing, too, is I know from the various interactions we've had, I think if any of them would definitely agree with us, it'd be Ray. And, of course, you know, Ray's actually doing the yeah. work. And so there might be a reason why 
none of this has happened yet. And he's just like, well, I can't, you know, legally I can't tell you that. But yeah. he probably does agree. He probably is like, yeah. And I'm sure that all of them are like, yeah, I mean, we, we need maps. Well, what I, what I want to see is, and the, what they have on that Kickstarter is a fresh new format for the record sheets where you could buy them and they're like, I don't think it's even on like cardstock. Like they're yeah, like full color, like printed sheets. Those should be the ones you can buy. They should put the black and white ones on the master unit list and be done with it. Because yeah. I will tell you, if people really get in the Battletech, they're still going to buy those fancy sheets. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. it 100%. Like, if they're yeah. if they're that good, I will buy them. Yeah, again, <laughs> I mean, it runs the, the problem of you want people to play the game, but you haven't made it accessible. And I know we're in a new era wherein it's, it's very risky for someone to put a bunch of money into hard copy printed stuff to try and get to a distributor to try and get to game shelves. And to get those sold. So I get that things are different now. But it really doesn't help if things are, are not accessible if you just can't get your hands on stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? and Doing I, print on demand like they have been has helped out a lot. It has. I think it's, it's been a really cool thing. you know. Um, and definitely the print quality has, has improved dramatically from what print on demand used to be. Yeah. And I think it, it is a big plus. Um, I've gotten some of the novels as print on demand, um, but I think I'm going to move to mostly ebook for a lot of the new novels. Um, and that's a whole other topic. I, I haven't, I haven't hated them. I, I suppose I've read them. You know, I, I didn't just feel like, oh, I'm done with it and just toss it aside. But I've definitely not loved them. Do you want to? You, you don't want to do that bombshell right now. No, that's, that's that would be a we're, really long podcast. Say I'll I'll read them first, and then yeah, we can discuss that. But yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it just it is frustrating because if you're a new player, you just don't have access to what you need to play the game. Um, my idea, which is a little bit similar to someone else's, someone else's idea was we should there should be expansion packs that gradually add new technology on yeah. top of the board game. This is this is where I was coming from, too. I think I presented that a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you can go on about it. I like this idea a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, my idea is, is similar, but it's also different, and it taps more into the fluff and history of the game, which... I don't know, man. I, 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 I get I get why people think it's not that big of a deal because they just want to play the stompy robot stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I mean, I get it. And, but you know, Battletech, it was really one of the first games that really had an ongoing meta storyline to it. Um, there are other games that did it before, but Battletech was the one that really did it. Um, yeah, it's really, stuck. really was really successful at it, and was able to publish novels and yeah, to the point where we got Virtual Center in Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it was a big deal because Traveler was one. Traveler was a game that came out in the eighties, and they were actually based down in Bloomington Normal, which is where I went to college at ISU. And uh, do you think I get the guy is still doing it? He 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 wrote a novel that was at the local bookstore and I picked it up because I, I, I just read the Designers and Dragons section on it. I was like, oh yeah, cool. I'll check it. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. Um, 
But I think the fluff and characters are important to Battletech because I think it does draw you in. And I don't think... Wanting to do a sort of universal game standard means you have to ignore the fluff. And I kind of feel like this commando was sort of like, no, fuck all that. It doesn't matter. Don't even bother including it. Yeah, he felt it felt very exclusionary, it, which was frustrating because it, it it's not an either or proposition. It, it really goes against a lot of the popular um, BattleTech videos on YouTube as well. Because, like, take for instance, a lot of people know this one, but Death from Above Wargaming, they have their own house rules that they use, like all of us, but all of their games, like I think it would be Kevin. He even has a video on it. Like, he wrote his own unit and actually uses them in these games. And they're not just, like, some random, like, uh, unit just pulled out of, like, his ass. Like, it's actual, like, fluff from the game that he made the work in the universe. And I relate a lot to that video because that is sort of the same thing I've always done when I was in the Battletech. Yeah. You know, and Mac Warrior 2 Mercenaries, you know, it's not like it was, I mean, it was in depth, but, you know, it was still pretty vague when it came to, like, what unit you were in and stuff like that. But, man, you wanted to put yourself in that universe mm. with the with the setup and just go for it. Yeah. And I think doing the tech agnostic thing is kind of counterproductive to, again, how the game is actually presented and what a lot of diehard fans like truly look for when they play these games. Cause yeah, you're going to bring new people into it, but you're also going to drive out um, a lot of the people who are currently playing, who are into that fluffs, like the fluff behind it. And you're also going to push out a lot of that fluff because no one's going to care about it anymore. Yeah. And it has been the strongest thing Battletech has had since the eighties outside of the basic rules that haven't changed. (laughs) I mean, there is a point to say that what faction you play doesn't really have a large effect on what units you field. I mean, that that is different, probably starting around the FedCom Civil War and yeah. beyond, especially with, with battle armor and other unique technology. Although it does, that technology does then get a little bit diluted uh, and spread out across the factions. Um and granted, there are designs that are more likely to appear in one place over another. Mm-hmm. And so I get why, you know, faction agnosticity is beneficial to wanting to do sort of a, a, a casual standard set play. Although it does kind of raise the question of, again, you know, it does bring it back, like, what is standard set play? And what does that look like? I mean, is it Lance v. Lance? I mean, what about, what about yeah. Clan Stars? And, it, and what, about, what about Comstar World? Comstar level twos, you know? Because, like, as it stands right now, there is no real presentation of that Mm -hmm. outside of the scenarios in the box set. But even then, like, the scenarios are built differently. There's no presentation on how to run, like, okay, you do this battle value, you do that battle value, and go ahead and build your force. Well, who knows? The other guy might bring all Savannah Masters for all you freaking know. Yeah. You know, do you really want to do that? I mean, it sort of, it it just makes you wonder, I mean, what does it look like? Because, you know, Lance v. Lance is probably not the best way to do it. And maybe maybe the better way to look at it would be a short company. So two lances is the standard. Um, so it could be two lances, be two lances, two lances versus a star. 
two lances versus a Comstar slash Word of Blake level two, or yeah. Star versus a level two. Um, and of course, it's a technology that you know you, the listener, may not be familiar with. But it, you know, how do you fit the universe into the game? Because if you did, you know, a, a lance and the BB for a lance is a standard setup. I mean, it's going to be a lance versus two clan max. You know? Yeah, it's or maybe even one rough. clan max, depending on which one you take, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, it kind of gets back on the point about presentation for this. I know you were talking about like doing specific packs. Mine, my idea kind of took it a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see like if they want to do something tech agnostic, they should really have um, kind of. Like, what you get in the box set, and maybe, like, the traditional, like, when you think 4th edition or, like, 3rd edition, like, mm-hmm. those traditional mechs should be available when building a force. Yeah. And then what you should have is kind of like how we had field manuals come out, or, like, different faction manuals. There should mm-hmm. be different faction box sets. Yeah. And they don't need to have, like, it would be nice if they did have miniatures in them, but, like, mm-hmm. let's say you get the Davian box, you know, you'd get an Enforcer. You get, yeah. uh, like, you know more about them than I do, uh, like a Javelin. Um, like, what are two others? A Valkyrie. Val- Valkyrie's a big one. Um, Jaegermack. You know, maybe get, like, a, a special lance in that box, and yeah. you get, like, a map that has to do with one of the planets in there, a scenario built for it, uh, maybe some cardboard standees, you know, mm-hmm. um, a rule book that maybe gives you, like, a faction-specific ability Kind of like what's presented in Alpha Strike. When yeah, you build yeah, with, with the lance abilities. Yeah, and, and, and again, in Campaign Ops, it brought that to the Battletech game versus just Alpha Strike. Yeah. yeah, instead of just throwing a book out there and saying, here, go ahead, build a force. Like, you're saying, no, build a force, but here's the guide. Yeah. You know, you really like House Davian after reading this? You know, maybe you played with a couple guys who, yeah. like, who like that faction. Check them out, you know, and it's like a $20 box. Yeah. Well, one of the things that, that you wonder about, too, is that they're trying to do this with the combat manuals. And I've got combat manual Mercs and combat manual... Yeah. Uh, was it, I can't remember if it's Chekhovah's Combine or Kurita. I, I can't remember how they labeled it. But those are really pretty books. And they, they are. They're really well done. I really love the Mercenaries book. Yeah, and it's a shame that they couldn't continue it. I'd be curious as to what the actual reason is. They have not told us why they canceled the line. Um, I believe that the cover of the current Battletech Game of Armored Combat, the Battlemaster, which is, for those of you who don't know, that is Hans Davian beating the crap out of Com Guards, masquerading as Capellan Death Commandos yep. um, from <laughs> the uh, Warrior Trilogy novels. Um, that's actually supposed to be, that was actually supposed to be the new Marauder getting its head crushed in by its own arm, being held by the Battlemaster, being wielded as a club. But that's right when all the hullabaloo with Harmony Gold went down, and they had to pull that, and that's why it's been changed to a catapult and then some other random arm. Thank you, layering from Adobe that allows yeah. you to do that. Um, so they weren't didn't have to scrap the whole cover. Um, that was supposed to be the cover of of uh, the combat manual Fed Sons. Man, yeah. They what I'm saying. They need really need if miniatures really do sell, and Scroggins is doing that good of a job where these things are selling. Put your damn money where your mouth is and actually put out box sets with these things. Well, and, and so my, my idea kind of goes back to, again, the foundations of Battletech. Because you know, one of the first books to come out was the Tales of the Black Widow, the Natasha Kerensky and, and Black Widow company yeah. scenario book. 
Then after that, the Fox's Teeth. And then was it Rolling Thunder after that? Might have been Rolling Death? Thunder. Maybe um, it was Grey Death Legion. No, probably. I would say it was probably Grey Death. And then probably something like Rolling Thunder. And yeah. then you probably got Snords of Regulars. Maybe it was Swords and Sabres. Yeah, Swords and Sabres is pretty old. But yeah, yeah regardless. But yeah, I, I mean, one, one of the things that, that has always stood out is that you know, with Battletech's meta is that there's always these characters that you want to follow. And I think it's something that's missing lately. Maybe it's because the fiction hasn't really been around concurrently with well, the game universe within the, for like the, what, the past 15, 20 years. And the new, new characters are just rehashes of the old characters, you know, because yeah. the succession wars are so bad that you have to go back and pull from it all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll turn the grog shades off for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, you could tell. I mean, even even after I, I remember this, you know, after the Fedcom Civil War books, when the Great Death Legion was finally destroyed in totality, um, I mean, people were still posting, you know, "Hey, the Great Death going to come back? It's Great Death going to come back?" Because they really, really loved those characters in that unit. I'm a big fan of the original trilogy, the Great Death trilogy. I think the second trilogy wasn't that great because it was a little bit too it made the characters a little bit too high minded like oh we're the dudes fighting against the darkness you know or the stopping yeah. the barbarians it's like okay you get a little no I mean that's you can stop now um, the the older books had a way of the the presentation of them was just like way freaking different well, yeah, in the, the original, and again, this is another topic for another time. Um, I think the, the very first Grey Death novel, which I think the very first novel was Decision of Thunder Rift. And then after that yeah. came Sword of the Dagger. And then after that came the second Grey Death trilogy novel. Um, but that one, I think, is a pretty solid Dune clone. <laughs> Not Doom clone. Dune. But Dune. Nothing wrong with that, because no. Dune is good. Um, but I, I, you know, characters are so important, and units are so important, and I, I feel, to me, you could probably do multiple birds with one stone. You could do an expansion box set that features a unit. And in that box set, you can include uh, maybe the Command Lance of that box set. Yeah. Or any new maps, or maybe not in a game of, of uh, Armored Combat. New maps. New tech. Slash new rules. And then a scenario book with faction history and a bunch of scenarios to play. And if you don't want the, the fluff, you can ignore it. You still have new maps. You still have new mechs. Yep. And you can do... You can use those for your standard play if you wanted to. And it's enough to... Because you, you don't have to like tie the fluff into the rules like freaking Total Warfare did and made it a mess. You can have that separate. You put yep. the rules in the front, force building and all of that, and then you get into the fluff. Because yep. what it does is it says, hey, you want to play this specific faction here? You know, these are some yep. rules to guide you, you know, and yep. here, here are some units in the box. Have at it. Yeah. I mean, it's true, too, that it does come up, and we talked about this before, is, oh, I'm a new player, I bought, you know, the game, and you, what, what, what unit do I want to be? What, what faction do I want to be? What, what do I want to paint these mechs as? And it's true that the real answer is it doesn't matter. Don't get hung up about it. Yeah. But I think it's also... Get the mercenary box, paint it however yeah. the fuck you want. <laughs> I mean, I think I... 
Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also worth pointing out that, hey, I mean, you're going to change your mind. You know, you're going to do one thing and then maybe six months later you were reading something else and you want to explore that and you think, ah, I want to do this now. And it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter. Don't get hung up about it. Um, but I think it is, you know, it's kind of fun to, to kind of tie yourself to something. And, you know, it's, take, take it as your own. It's fun to come up with your own unit. Yeah. And go yeah. through it. I've done it shamelessly. You know, yeah. and we've I, all done it. I, it's just it's it's a bit it's a bit um, it's a bit shame to be so totalitarian in viewpoint and so exclusionary. I think it's it's better to be inclusive, and it's better to have your know, resources where you know if if you if it's just like you and a buddy or two, you can easily pick up and play a game and pick a scenario out, and you don't have to worry about. If it's going to be fair, whether you got to come up with something or not, because I think I think the unfortunate truth is is that it's not going to be like it was in the '90s and 2000s, where I'm going to go to my game shop because it's Tuesday night Magic Night and I'm going to play. Yeah, it's not like that anymore. The scenarios did us a lot of service, you know. Yeah, Alpha Strike, you know, brought us together. And then, you know, we were doing, we were, what were we doing? Just like picking out scenarios yeah. that we didn't get to play, yeah. you know, growing up. I think it is something that, that, you know, I've been wanting to do and I know you've been wanting to do is to, uh, to come up with our own scenarios and, and put them out, you know, for the podcast um, and just put them up for people to take a look at and give them a crack at. Um, and we, we will eventually get around to doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I, again, it kind of comes kind of comes down to there are a couple of things that you want to do to take a new player and make them become an intermediate or advanced player, and what are those stepping stones are? And BattleTech clearly is not doing that, which is very frustrating. Um, yeah, and I guess to, I mean, to reiterate, I mean, there's just not the materials out there. You you can't buy the maps easily; they're not in the shelves. You can't get easy access to miniatures. You can't get easy access to people to play with. There's no standard force values or sizes that you can just go to a game shop and just drop it you know, down and be like, okay, we're, we're doing a 3,000 BV battle. We're doing a 6,000 BV battle. Yeah. Um, well, if, if you take... They, and there's no, there's no, like, how do you become better at the game? Yeah, that too. But if you take a lot of that out of consideration... Total Warfare is a product of its time, like you said, coming out in the 2000s. And I, I mean, like, and, and these are those are books that won awards. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Like th- by think, by no means are they terrible. Like I just I don't prefer them. Well, I mean, it, it's one of those things. Like the books look good. Is it? They've won awards for what they've put out. I don't like using them myself. Mm-hmm. I have them, but I'm not. I just, I I'm feel like about it. when we got on that discussion, there's a conflict between what you want and what Battletech actually presents. And you can't, like, it, 
Total Warfare, if you want to present the game as the way the poster wanted it, you got to get rid of Total Warfare, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, you have to have something more user-friendly, yeah. like, you know, the Master Rules were, or as it's presented in a game of Armored Combat, that kind of format. Yeah. And I still, Battle McManual is the step in the right direction, but... If you're going to do something tech agnostic in a universe where you want to have combined arms, Battle McManual is not going to cut it. No. It is not, not going to do it. Especially if I could still pick up Battletech Master Rules and find everything I need in a smaller book to mm. play this game. And that book was made, what, 20 some odd years ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it was like, what, 98, granted, 99? Yeah. Granted, you'll probably have to look at a lot of errata to use it. But when it comes down to it, not much has changed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I Wow, I actually closed an episode. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Catalyst pass. Nah. <laughs> where are we at right now we are at an hour wow i didn't, I didn't think we we're gonna do that I didn't, I didn't think we have an hour's worth of stuff to talk about but yet wow we pale did. ale did it yeah <laughs> this episode brought to you by sierra nevada pale ale <laughs> drink a lot bitch about BattleTech. So, don't I think, be a capellan think is it those cascade hops because it's whatever it is I think it's Cascade Hops. They, they give you that... Cascade that and Centennial. Yeah. I think that's what they use to make it. The uh, the taste of pine. That's what I like. Mm. That, that bitterness that we feel right now <laughs> tra- <laughs> just translated into the this whole episode. Resiny bitterness. Um, <laughs> okay, well, they really didn't sponsor us. <laughs> if, if you, you know, we're, you know, we're popular. <laughs> <laughs> We're not, we, we're we have a popular. better chance of quick sell in our fictional company. <laughs> we, got, we have like a hundred subscribers. They don't always watch the videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's it. We're gonna we're gonna close out. I got work tomorrow, so I got I gotta get home. Yeah. For for the people who like wrestling, like Tuck Davian, we will now bid you adieu. So goodbye, mwah, and good night. Bang.